Scarface or something. <laughs> Rob's covered in flour from pizza. Yes, yeah. uh, we, 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 did, we made the same tonight, so that's good. Nice. Uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. A very happy edition of the Sports Blog Podcast, Rob. Um, I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. How, how, how are you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. Yeah. We had a beautiful Sunday. Got yeah. to spend some time outside walking around and just kind of um, living high on the hog after after yeah. last night's performance, which yeah. is a spoiler, we'll get into it later, but I thought was one of the best conference openers I can recall seeing Jamie play. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about comparing it to other conference openers, but yeah, there's got to be a lot of happy people in Duke's land this weekend um, on and off the field. A lot, a lot of stuff going on, uh, but Putting aside, we're, we're to come to we're going to get to the off the field stuff um, at the end tonight instead of doing an overtime. But man, what a win for the Dukes! Uh, you know, fifty five seven. You're right, Rob. We we uh, I think we've said this on the pod before, but you know, we are in a very active um, couple of conversation group text conversation threads, right? DM groups. Yep. And some of those groups are like almost like chronically negative or. Nitpicky, yeah. right i mean we are too, too right with like the people you know so much that you're like it's hard to be have fun with i can it. be that way yeah. i can be that way during games I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll own it yeah but even some of our like even some of the like most nitpicky um mm-hmm. people were just said at one point yesterday right after the half like i have no complaints i have nothing really to, to you argue know what it reminded me of <laughs> yeah have you ever seen that thing where uh pharrell williams goes to nyu to speak oh, with yeah, the students yeah. and it's Maggie Rogers. Maggie, Maggie Rogers. Yeah. 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 And you know, they all play it and he goes, I, I have no notes. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. That's kind of, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I was like, what are we going to say to add to this? Like it was, they were fantastic. Yeah. I really don't have much. I, I wrote down for our four downs, like the notes I write. And I, mm-hmm. it was more like things I feel that made me feel good. Yeah. Like players that did things that made me feel good or maybe happy for them on individual levels. But none of it was like, Oh, this person had these stats or this thing, or you know, like it wasn't a specific thing. It's just like, oh my gosh, this everything was so good. So it's just great. Yeah, you know, that was never in doubt. They marched down the field that first drive, and it was like, okay, ball game. This, yeah. this one's done. Oh, that first throw. I mean, that's that, and the way. I mean, Shane Montgomery, Kurt Signetti, whoever the coaches are. That. Are you still talking about um, maybe no, probably. Not. But um, yeah, whoever called that first touchdown play, the throwback to Noah Turner. I mean, yeah. they obviously saw that on film against Maine. And I mean, you could see Cole was just like, as soon as he turned it, like turned back around, he was like, let me get this out before I like it. Cause it's wide open. So yeah, that was a lot it of was, fun. Yeah. It looked like they were doing passing drills. Like when you see the videos of, you know, Tom Brady's summer camp where he brings his receivers and they're yeah. just throwing with nobody on them. Yeah. That's what it looked like on a lot of those plays. Like you didn't see defenders. You're like, what's no, going on? No. And uh, yeah, it's really good. So we can actually, we'll, we'll get right into it, Rob. I mean, we don't have much else to say. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Um, I think you may hear, it's possible. We'll see the t- how the IT stuff goes tomorrow night, Rob. Um, we're recording this a day early. It is Sunday for us tonight. So we haven't gotten like the coach's presser and stuff for at least this part of our show. We haven't heard afterwards, but you may hear us on multiple platforms this week. So it could be a cool, yeah. cool week. Um yeah, Rob, let's just get into four downs and we'll, we'll talk about Mossy Creek later. Um, what was your first down takeaway from this game? I mean, what a difference a few months makes. Cole Johnson yeah. looks more comfortable, more po- poised, 
and just confident, then I, I, yeah. then, then any of it, anybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, have we ever seen a JMU quarterback look so just easy? I, yeah. I, I don't want to get too excited, but I'm going to get too excited because he's fantastic. I mean, it's a, people are going to be like, oh, I told you, I told you. That's crap. He was yeah. not this quarterback the first three games last year. Something yeah. happened that flipped the switch. This is beyond just him being talented. He has become so comfortable mm-hmm. in this offense, in his own skin. We saw glimpses last year. Mm-hmm. I think even the most cold diehards and yeah. you know maybe Zach Price or people out there who are, who are leading the charge, he's got the right to puff out his chest and say, I told you all. But yeah, yeah. everybody else, I think, I mean, even last week was saying like, oh, this is called game manager. And we were saying, no, he, he's good. But I've never seen anybody just look this in control. No. He is a completely different quarterback. Where yeah. last last year, like you and I were very excited to see him play. We were big supporters. He wasn't getting it done. I mean, he uh-huh. lost his job for a reason. Uh-huh. He got it back due to COVID. Yeah. He took charge and he looked really good down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He did not look this good. No, and he looks like a guy, and and there's a couple other guys too on the team who COVID, you know, the silver lining for them was it did give them this opportunity to mm-hmm. play again. And he looks like a guy who's just gonna, you know, enjoy he's enjoying it, right? He seems to be like, I'm taking advantage of this opportunity that most guys don't get. Yeah. To, to be on a great team. To, you know, like in a great situation and just have fun. I, and it's just pitching and catching out there. I yeah. mean, it does, he makes it look easy. Yeah. And it, it is easy when you're throwing to a guy like Wells or throwing a guy like Thornton. And you don't know that Thornton is not big. Thornton plays big. Yeah. You know, you oh, can get yeah. Thornton the ball. And so, and he, he hammers people, but um, they had like eight or nine guys catch passes yesterday. Oh, yeah. The scheme is fantastic. Oh, um, yeah. I really am excited with the play calling once again and the attack. Like, they're mixing it up. Defenses are on their heels. Yeah. The running game is so deep. Uh, we saw Van Horse, you know, catch yeah. passes out, out of the backfield yesterday. Uh, it was just a joy to watch. It um, really was. And you're was, right about Cole. I, I mean, there's like a – it's so weird. Like, it's a Rodney Landers-esque level of, like, just calm and confidence like i'm in command i know everything in this system and that's not a shot to the other guys like the other great players like it's just you know when vad lee played or when mike Cauley played in the night like they had to score 40 points to have a chance to win and so they just had that pressure like of we have to have the pedal to the metal all the time because our defense isn't going to do anything half the time right and you know and then you think about it like you know brian shore it was the first year with Houston. Like we didn't know how, like, I don't know. It just, this is really a growth. It it is growing into, I mean, that is just someone who's just sitting back there having a good time. It's, it's gotta be beyond him though. Like, I think it's gotta be a combo of the entire team, maybe taking advantage of the, what do they call it? Like the COVID freshman or the COVID, you know, he had some sort of thing. You've got that where people taking advantage of the spring where we thought it was going to be a disadvantage. And thus far, it appears to be an advantage. Everybody seems more comfortable in their roles through two weeks than we'd expect. But then you also have Shanahan taking over as offensive coordinator who two games in looks like he's going to be one of the good, you know, one of the really, really good ones. Mm -hmm. And then Tino Sinceri, you know, the QB coach who came from the Alabama staff under Mm -hmm. Saban. I think they've just all, they're calling the right plays. They're putting Mm -hmm. together the right game plan and everybody's doing their job. So Cole is looking, you know, like, like the greatest thing since sliced bread, 
but I think it's a total team effort. And when I, I say team, too. I mean like all the way to the coaching staff, to everybody. Like mm-hmm. the offense looks so smooth. And Maine gave Delaware fits last week. He really did. Yeah. You know, this was not, this was not a bad team. No. This looks like a team. Maine is probably one of those teams that doesn't make the playoffs, but beats a couple good teams and just kind of ends up around 500. You know, if they were in a weaker conference, they'd probably win eight or nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were the Missouri Valley, they'd get a bid for their 500 record. <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, but Maine is no slouch. And I know they, their quarterback got knocked out. And yeah. it's not cool to say this, but he got knocked out because JMU's defense was, was awesome. Was awesome. Yeah. Um, I hated to see that. But this was not – JMU did not dominate because they knocked the quarterback out and played against the backup. Mm-hmm. They dominated because they won every position battle on the field. And Cole and the offense looked more comfortable than than should be allowed in yes. week two. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's exactly right. So I love it, and gosh, it's so fun. I mean, we're, yeah, sorry, I I tried to change. I I had to change my whole outlook. I need to move on to second down here, but yeah. I did have, and I'm gonna have to calm down this week. I mean, the good news is they're playing Weber this week, so. Yeah. I'll, I may get a reality check, or at least I'm in like, okay, I'm going to wait and see what happens this week before I go crazy. Mm-hmm. Because last night after the game, I was thinking to myself, like, I think maybe we've been underestimating how good this team can be. I mean, they yeah. didn't, they held Mike Green and Percy out like it was another preseason game again. Yeah. You know, and those guys are coming back. We saw, you know, um, but, but get, well, so my second down on that note, I, just a couple guys to have back. I want to talk about Isaac Ukwu and Sam Kidd. Um, you know, they two both guys are great. both have both been great. super snake bitten by injury in their careers at JMU. Um, were expected to be big, big contributors in last spring season, and then both got hurt. Um, you know, either before or right at the start of the season. And yeah, it just it made me so happy yesterday to see Ukwu in on that for you know like he sort of had an accidental sack early in the game but the, the but it was thing? still like so was, great yeah and but it was, like, i mean he got good penetration and yeah and, and you see a guy out there with double knee braces and like mm-hmm. you just feel for him and and i just was so happy and then the same thing sam kidd who's been you know dating back a number of years has been a really solid contributor on special teams but it's one of those like he's just very overlooked and then he's gotten hurt and so you forget about him but he made the play, I think. He really made the play that led to the scoop and score, the interception return touchdown. He, not, he batted the ball. Batted the ball up in the air or whatever. Yeah, you know, and just awesome to see those, those kind of kids who have stuck with it. And that's what your point about the COVID season. Yeah, I do, Rob. I, I forget just the depth right now. And I know we're going to be nervous about O-line after the Fornado injury, but they looked, they pretty looked good great. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just, holy moly, there's a lot of talent on this team. Like I, I, it was funny last week, like Sam Herter and some of the national guys were like talking about, they were really focusing on like, Oh no, Fornado got hurt and Mike Green's not playing. Percy's not playing. And I kind of quietly was like, I wanted to kind of be mad about it. Cause I'm like, there's a lot of other good players here. Like yeah. don't, and you know, shouts to Jacksonville state this weekend. Like obviously FCS teams have a few of them have had opportunities to put huge markers on the board um, mm-hmm. that JMU hasn't had just because of the schedule. Uh, but this team, yeah, could be off the charts, Rob. I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember, you know, maybe the 17 team a little bit, but we didn't know with Danucci and, you know, like, I, yeah, anyways, we'll, well see. There's different markers in like every great JMU team season sure. that I started to get excited. 
I think 04 when they beat Villanova, uh-huh. I started to be like, oh, wow, you know. Ooh, well, that's, that's why that's... the Rodney thing, this this feels yeah. more like that 08 where like we UMass knew we were. were they, when they beat UMass and they steamrolled them and UMass was very good. People yes. are going to laugh and be like, oh, you, UMass was a really good team, had one yep. national championship. Um, when they when they kind of put the beat down on UMass, I was like, okay, this, this team can be special. Mm-hmm. We're two games into the season, and I'm thinking, oh boy, this team could be special. Yeah, they, like, and you said it a couple weeks ago when we did our season preview, Rob. Uh, if they beat Weaver, we're going to get you know, the, yeah. the next week would be hype really, train. Hype trains, yeah, yeah, the hype train next week would yeah. be out of control. So, yeah. look, it's a long trip um, with some extra hurdles and traveling in COVID time with a whole group of kids, you know. Um, it, you know, so we'll see. Uh, it's, I'm so excited to watch this game this week, though, Rob. Yeah, me and, too. <laughs> not me to too. move on from this one. Yeah, we should let you have a third down here and talk about somebody else. Well, I mean, we got to talk about JMU's own Randy Moss, Antoine Walsh Jr. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because, yeah. Oh, I, boy. I mean, yeah, that's what I say about Cole. I mean, life is a lot easier when number seven is running down the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's not always fair. dropping dimes in there. Um, yeah. Thornton was awesome. I, I love Thornton's game. He's like a oh. bulldog. He's fun to watch. He moves the chains. Wells is next level. Yeah. He's just, what, what is, that was like his fifth hundred yard game. I think somebody said, I mean, he's already got, he's only played, I think 12 games in his JMU uh-huh. career. He didn't start his first four. He's knocking on the door of a thousand yards. Yeah, already. You know, he's got like eight hundred and sixty yards. I think he's got nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uncoverable. Yes, just find, like it's not there's like nobody oh, on the other team. Nope. Nope. No, there's nobody. There's you can't do it. Like it wasn't like he was getting you know a step on people. He was getting two three steps, and that one long touchdown. The guy just gave up and it was like, I'm just going to kind of try to lie down on him. <laughs> and he shedded him. Yeah. Did not break stride. Yeah. Cole dropped it. I mean, it looked like yeah. uh, Cole, could, Cole is... could have not done better if he was standing in a hot air balloon, <laughs> right. 10 feet above him, just, just letting go of it. Like it was a complete <laughs> red basket one. I don't know what you can do. Like we used to talk about Riley Stapleton being unguardable. I don't know if there's a DB on the planet. If given the choice between trying to guard Riley Stapleton or Antoine Wells, yeah, it's not there's nobody taking Wells. No, because I look, you know, we love and Riley. nobody wants Riley. No, Riley no, was, we Riley's love awesome. Riley, but you know, we are we are stands. Yeah, yeah, like it's just and all I can think about now every time, and and I you know I hope we will not have to learn this next year. But um, all I wonder about with I can't think of another. I was trying to think, Rob. I, I mean we've seen a lot of good JMU players over the years and obviously like really amazing ones, but almost every play that Wells makes, I think like, okay, how would he be if this was Clemson on the other side? Like, you know what, like, or whatever, like if Mm -hmm. this was Oregon's defense or whatever, like where would he stack up? You know, cause there's just guys, I mean, right now it, it looks like we just dropped in like a, like Devonte Smith is now playing at the FCS level, you know, or something. It like looks it's like just, Randy. It looks yeah, Randy like Randy Moss. Moss right? His yeah, first like two years, the first Marshall. couple years in the, yeah. Marshall. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. That you're right. That is what it looks like. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like yeah. I can't wait to watch it. And and look, other guys were played well yesterday. I mean, Bracy made a couple catches. He did. Right, Thornton is really good. Um, the use of the tight ends. I also just love that this coaching staff, and like you said with Shanahan, like I love that they are. Um, you know, Cole's always thrown a really good deep ball. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're kind of just like, 
okay, if that's what he does well, we're going to do that. Like, you know, like that's one thing that he's always done well. So I, I just, I'm really enjoying stuff on offense. Well, I mean, what are you going to do if you're a defensive coordinator? You stack the box, they're going to go over the top. So you're like, okay, we can't stack the box. Then you run Black and Palmer. I mean, it's, and yeah. then next week, Van Percy, yeah. Van, Van Horst. I mean, it's um, even Austin Douglas, you know, like yeah. you put any guy in there through probably the five deep could take it to the house on any given play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and even if they're not going to take it to the house, they can be. I think any guy in that running back room could average four yards a carry oh, if given the opportunity. Easily. You know, and like yeah. so, everybody's talking about like the home run potential, but just that like these guys could, as they say, start for most other teams in the country. Mm-hmm. They they could not only start; they could be really effective. These are mm-hmm. all top backs, so you, you're probably. I mean, Percy, I think, will probably be the workhorse, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably pretty likely you're going to have games where you get. You know, one guy with 15 carries and then three other guys with eight or nine. Yeah. And you end up with 175, you know, 200 rushing yards. Yeah. That's really tough to control. Yep. And so then you go in, you're like, oh, we got to stop this. We got to stop this. You go in, you're like, oh, wait, that Thornton guy just just ran a 15 yard out and moved the chains. Oh, look, Wells over the top. Like it's a it's a matchup nightmare. Right. And then we'll just and then, oh, by the way, we'll just throw it to Cheatham or Turner. Yeah. Whenever we want, when I can, yeah, if, if exactly. he's not paying attention, like, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really great. Um, one guy I wanted to point out on defense, Rob, I can't say I was like laser focused on the second half of yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Q Reed is playing well. Yeah. And I think we saw this a little bit. Like we've seen him develop over the last couple seasons as in kind of a guy that, and it's just sticking out with in the absence of MJ Hampton right now. I think his play is really sticking out to me. I mean, I think Wayne Davis is playing like another guy who's just really enjoying this opportunity to keep playing ball. Davis yeah. also seems like he's really stepped up in the leadership role. It does, yeah. You know, making calls and getting yeah. guys together. So I, I think he's doing things to p- help position other people for success. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been very good. Yeah, but Reed just is the one who like seems to be in position to make big plays um, yeah. at times. And just, I, I don't know. I just feel like he's... This is not a, like a mirage. Like he's going to continue being a big playmaker. He has yeah. that kind of Vidal Nelson feel out there, and just kind of looking forward to the rest of the season from Reed. So, look, I don't have any complaints. I think the one guy I, we didn't mention it in our four downs, Rob, but I'm mean, Ethan Ratke. Congratulations, uh, yeah. broke the all-time record for points in FCS and field goals, or at least tied the field goal record and broke the points record. Um, that's pretty awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. it's weird. I know some of these stats are going to be weird because of this COVID stuff, but you know, that's, I mean, he broke Dan Carpenter's record, you know, long time Miami dolphin. Like, you know, Is these are not, Mon- was he in Montana? Was Montana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, those are legit people, you know, <laughs> that's a legit record. Like not, you know, um, it's not from like the ancient days of one double a or something. That's yeah. You know, that's a recent NFL player. So, yeah, big congrats to Racky. And I, I like that they're focusing on him. They're kind of enjoying this. And just he's going to just, I hope, if he can stay healthy, just pile on points this year. So, I mean, Cam Wise, by the way, again, the kickoffs, blasting him through the end zone. Really, yeah. really happy with the kickoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, no real special teams complaints from me this week. So, No, I thought they did a good job of actually – it's not sexy. Nobody wants to talk about it, but just mm-hmm. fielding tough punts. Mm-hmm. 
I've come to appreciate that much more mm-hmm. after the Sam Houston State debacle. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And there were a couple of tough ones yesterday when you, you know guys had to run up. Um, they had different people returning too. It wasn't just Romo; somebody else was turning back. Jordan forward. Swan, yeah. uh, which I thought was a little bit interesting. So he's the transfer from from Maine. Yeah, and I was just a little. Uh, if I were coaching, I would have been concerned that he would be a little too hype. Too hype and just <laughs> right? take it you know, no matter like, what. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, but he did a good job. No, I, yeah, both of them seem to be. I haven't figured out if there's a rotation or if there's a rationale behind when, like who does what when, but yeah, both of them seem to be uh, returning punts. Uh, hey, I'm just I'll I'll settle for mistake-free special teams. I, that's all I can ask. For. You know, yeah. like yeah, obviously you you want to be a difference maker, but if it can't be, not every year is going to be a Scotty McGee type return situation or a D'Angelo Amos but it doesn't need to be the other direction. Well, no, and we had some good, it was good, just clean game. I mean, Harry had a couple good, at least he one did. really he solid did. punt yesterday, which is not something, you know, it's weird because Jamie just doesn't punt that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you suddenly worry about it. But yeah, it's good to have him kind of, it felt like they're really warmed up right now, Rob, coming out of the spring. I mean, they seem like a team that, they played more games than most teams in the spring. And they played more games more seriously. I mean, we saw like, Remember Richmond kind of like took the spring as like they didn't play everyone or played everyone. Mm-hmm. Like they, I don't know. Allegedly they treated the whole thing like a preseason where JMU, this is a team that's like nine games into a really solid run. They just look yeah. like they're flying right now. So that's, that's our, how we turn to next week. Uh, we're going to Ogden, Utah Saturday night on a ESPN family of networks, I believe (laughs) everyone will be able to watch this on devices wherever you are. So this is really exciting. I just, what's, I don't know if there's one thing you're looking forward to this week, Rob, Um, you know, something in particular. Can can they keep it going? I know that that's a bit of a cop out, but like I had so much fun watching them play yesterday. It just, it was such spectacular football. They made it look easy. I was very worried and I'm still, not concerned right i'm excited about the challenge that weber state presents i think it's a real test i think it's exactly what this team needs heading into kind of the the meat of the ca schedule um but i want to see i want to see what they can do i I think Mm -hmm. the sky's the limit after what they just did to maine i don't know like it it sounds dumb but i'd love to see them just blow the doors off weber at home and this would be a statement uh, sure among would. statements for, for in terms of FCS games, you don't get a lot of interconference matchups like this. Like we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the same one. What it's 2021. We talk right. about big non-conference FCS games and immediately it was going to, Oh, app state. Oh, eight. Like we right. don't have a lot of these on the schedule. Yeah, this, this is, is a awesome. rare opportunity. Yeah. And this uh, is an opportunity for a team that looks like it's about to really hit its stride and do some, some scary stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I can't wait. I've been excited about this all summer. I am way more excited the past 24 hours yeah. than I was even when they announced this home and home. So. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And, and we get a third straight late at 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Yes. It's really fun on Saturday. It's if, awesome. If it, that's not a conflict for people. And we could have Percy and Mike Green back. Yeah. Could have the whole crew. I, yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, I mean, this is really fun. So Weber's a little tough to, it's hard to read too much into their schedule. They kind of, eh, I mean, they did about what I think we all expected against Utah. They played, you know, Pac-12 Utah lost 40 to 17. So 
you know, didn't embarrass themselves, but were never really in the game. I mean, uh, that happens. You think about yeah, some it's of not like Jamie's terrible, best teams, they yeah. didn't have very competitive scores. Against West Virginia mm. destroyed mm. JMU in 04. Yeah. Schedule-wise. It, there's a certain point where nobody ever gives up. Right. But you go in there in those games and you go down big early and it just kind of gets away from you and you you lick your wounds and you go home. So I'm not going to read too much into that. I don't think any less of Weber. Based no, on no, result. no, not at all. And then the, yeah. it's just weird because then this week they played something called Dixie State. Yeah. Um, which weirdly is a school, in, I believe, in Utah. Yeah, it's not It's not so in It's not in South. Georgia or Mississippi yeah. or something. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know why it's named Dixie State. But it, anyways, I, I assume that's like a D2 or a brand new 1AA program of some kind. I don't know. I'm, I'm good I don't know. It. They won 41 to 3, and I don't think you can read anything. That's playing Moorhead. So I don't, you know, I, I just don't know necessarily that we know what to make of Weber yet. Uh, you know, I feel a lot, like you said, after JMU played a CAA team in Maine, I now feel a lot more confident that we know what JMU can be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and my, I'm just really excited to see the Wasatch Mountains on a Saturday night on an ESPN network, like yeah. in a fan base that's probably cares in a, I think their stadium seats about 17,000. And I saw they're having a big like push to sell it out with their own fan base. Like it's, as you said about app, it's just fun to play another one double A team that cares. Yeah, it's great. You know, and I, we may, it looks like we're going to do something with some guys from Weber uh, this week. And it's just fun. Like I was just happy that somebody, you know, we never, unless we're playing West Virginia, like we don't have a team that reaches out to us to talk about anything, you know? No. So this is fun. And yeah, there will be bragging rights one way or the other uh, for these teams. As we said, it's not. It's also not a life or death game, but man, this would be a fun one. So I, I just I, that's what I, I don't have anything particular. It's hard, you know. Weber has have, has to have a lot of motivation. They've lost twice in heartbreaking fashion to JMU in the playoffs. So, you know, this is a big one for them too. It sounds like. And well, I mean, and also you don't want two losses in your first three games. And I know no. everybody will kind of write off the Utah game, that's not going to count against them in the playoff thing, but it definitely starts to hurt you in terms of motivation and it starts to put your back against the wall. Well, and the big sky is always weird because we know, I mean, UC Davis has a FBS win, Mm -hmm. you know, Eastern Washington, we know is pretty good. We think Sacramento state might be pretty good. I mean, both Montana's, I mean, that conference is going to, the playoff, you know, positioning in that conference is going to get tight real fast. I think. Yeah, so, and they don't all like play the each other. So yeah, and, and they're very much like the CAA, where like depending on who you avoid or who you play, like you might not have opportunities later. <laughs> so, well, it's like the CAA, where you could very easily have a team that is not in strong consideration for the playoffs because they're around five hundred, but objectively speaking, you would say at the end of the season is one of the top twenty-four teams or twenty-four toughest. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. Like there are good teams that are going to play themselves out of contention just by virtue of the competition. Yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, the other thing with you. This is the start of a two year run of we get to have Weaver in Bridgeforth next year. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just ex- I, I, there's nothing else we could say. That's we're both, as you can tell, like a lot of Dukes. I'm super jealous. I really thought we might be able to make this trip, Rob, and we cannot. But I, I'm definitely jealous of the Dukes that are making this trip. I know there's a good contingent, you know, from, of the normal season ticket base, but there's also a lot of, I saw our friend Marcus, like the Phoenix Dukes rented a house. I think they have like nine people going. 
Is it like you a know, road trip for them? What is it like? Yeah, I think hours? they're doing some kind of a road trip or something. Yeah, and I have to assume a lot of the Texas folks, you know, um, will make this trip. This could be really fun. I, I would think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, you know, where is Ogden in in the state? It, like, can, it's a. Uh, can you, can you um, do like a national south? Park thing? Uh, is it, oh yeah, you definitely can because I feel like it isn't it. Well, it looks like it's really close to Salt Lake. Yeah, it's not far. Not not too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's just north of Salt Lake. Yeah. So there's, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, you can go to Park City. You can, there's, there's a million things to do on this trip for sure. If you uh, want to, and those people are going to have fun. I know the Duke club's got some things set up both Friday and Saturday. I mean, it's a 6 PM local kick. So there's going to be ample, you know, sort of time to pregame and, and have a good time. So just everyone be safe, travel well, and uh, bring another, another good one home for us. Yeah, the rest of us back here will be enjoying the late night action. Yeah, it, it really will be fun to have a night game I, you know, on Saturday. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic, yeah. and to have it not on flow once again. So yeah, Jamie will be three and zero in terms of being able to watch games not on flow. Yes. <laughs> so I guess Rob, the one thing we should, we got to talk about it, and I think we want to spend no more than ten minutes on this, but you know all the realignment stuff from last week. I don't know if you want to get us started kind of, kind of what happened, what may be happening and then just any thought, you know, you can get us started basically on this. I mean, the too long didn't read version is there's actual smoke for JMU in the mix beyond Mm -hmm. JMU Twitter, beyond JMU message boards. There's a couple national writers saying like, Hey, JMU's in the mix. JMU itself, meaning born in Alger, issued a statement that a lot of fans kind of went like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time I recall Alger and Born together saying like, hey, we're, we're aware of what's going on and we're going to do what's best for JMU. They did not mention CAA. They yeah. didn't say like we're all positioned. To me, that read loud and clear being like, we're open for business. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's as clear as they've been. As clear um, as they've been. And, and you can't, people will complain and say oh why didn't they say something about they don't like the ca because yeah. well, because we still might be in the ca jamie could be doing everything right alger could be doing everything right born could be doing everything right they could be meeting with every university president and athletic director and conference commissioner and things still might not work out right nobody wants to think about that but it could happen so you can't shoot yourself in the foot and completely yes. trash the ca correct so i thought that statement was pretty good it's very political speak and everything but if you're paying attention, like they're going for it. This yeah. is not, this is not, you know, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. they're going for it. They're not waiting for the perfect situation. They're trying to make something happen. And they're saying, we're going to try to find a role for us and a place for our school in this new world and this mm-hmm. new shakeup of the new P5 G5. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more confident than ever that something's actually going to happen or Jamie's going to try to make something happen. Mm-hmm. I haven't been as concerned about this as, a significant portion of the fan base. I, I kind of am like, oh, whatever. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with CA. Let's just control or worry about what you control. Don't worry about what you can't control. Ignore it. This is pretty exciting to me because I think there's actually going to be a decision for JMU to make. Yeah. Um, and I think there's actually good choices, you know, in 2012. I, yeah. I didn't really love the Sun Belt. And you can look back and mm-hmm. people will say, oh, we should have gone. Well, I will say, mm, I also probably wouldn't trade. 2016 and the other trips to Frisco. Yeah. 
I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think it's awesome for App State. I think it's awesome for Coastal. I think it's great, you know, that ODU at one point looked to be on the right track. I don't know what's right. going on now, but I still think ultimately that was the right move for ODU. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a really good time being a JMU fan for the last nine years. Oh my gosh. I, I, don't, yeah. I would not trade that success. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't feel like it's some sort of missed opportunity last time. No, if they can, here's the thing. So my concern for the last four or five years, Rob, has been that that by not moving in 2012, they You're would not, ready not get now. the opportunity yeah. to move again. That's but, completely right? valid. And that's still the fear, but the mm-hmm. fear is starting to lessen and it's starting to be replaced with some very cautious optimism that, because I agree with you, if JMU could make the move now and pull this off to a better situation for everyone, now, we would have had the last 10 years and the move. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I you have your right. cake and eat it too. Right. I wouldn't yeah. have traded that last 10 years for what ODU has been through. No way. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. But I think what people and the last, you know, I got into a little bit and people were very respectful. Um, we had a couple of people engage with us on Friday about this, um, who I know are big Dukes fans and frequently interact with us. So big thanks to them. Mm-hmm. But for the people who are still like kind of FCS for life or I don't want to move or that's the problem is it's we're not choosing anymore between the last nine years, what we've had the last nine years versus FBS. We're choosing between moving, which may have growth potential for the whole athletic department Mm -hmm. versus staying where I think you can't justify. You said this a month and a half ago, Rob, it's unsustainable. And, and ultimately inexplicable to the people that matter, i.e. legislators in Richmond, for you to keep spending at the level that JMU has been spending to be an FCS program. It's just not going to happen. And that, you know, like that is where it like, to me, it's, it's, it just gets really hard. And I think, I think if they stay FCS this time and they miss this window, they're going to have to take a really hard look in the mirror and think about where, where their resources are best spent. And that's to me where this gets difficult because people are like, Oh, you're just about football. And I think, oh, no, you know, I don't think we can pay Lauren Laporte these extensions and have college world series and, you know, as we move into kind of the NIL world, the next phase of this, you know, we might take a step. We might have to really make some hard choices if, if we don't move now and there'll be hard choices if they move. I'm not saying it's easy. I just, there's think, always hard choices. Yeah. yeah I just know. think that this time it's different. It's not a choice between like contending in FCS every year versus going FBS the way it used to be. Now to me, it feels like FCS is about to, as we've talked about, it's about to become tier three. Yeah. You know, you're, it used to be like, well, the G five isn't much better than FCS. And, and you're like, yeah, that's true. But what we're about to have is we're about to have, the autonomy group, i.e. the SEC plus the Alliance or whoever ESPN deems is allowed to stay in the Alliance, right? Those people are about to go on a whole nother planet from everyone else. And now the question is, who are your peers? Do you want to be with the, this Juke 5 group or do you want plus like the top of FCS, whoever can get out, or do you want to be slotted all the way down to really ultimately a third or fourth tier, you know? Yeah, it's it's almost like finding a level playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like if it's high school, like JMU's got a five A high school budget and they're playing against a bunch of one A schools. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's just like and and I I actually get super super annoyed. You see it on Twitter a lot. You see it on Facebook and everything. When people try to say 
to national reporters like, oh my gosh, you need to consider JMU for the AAC because we've got a budget just like that. To me, that that's not a good thing. Right. I don't know. That's, that's a good, like, like, oh, you need to consider us because we're spending X. Well, yeah. So we're spending more than such and such school. Right. Uh, yeah. And we're playing at this level. Like, I don't know. Is that, it's not bad. I mm-hmm. mean, like the student fee thing is difficult. There's pros and cons, but like ultimately JMU total cost is good value. That's yeah. what people should be measuring. Yes. People get very caught up in like the percentage of fees and, and everything. Yeah. What's the other way you can say is like, you know what? JMU fa- found a way to make it work because they're still charging students lower fee than like William and Mary or VMI. Yeah. It's a larger percentage of the budget, but well, that, that's kind of like a winner's problem. When you've got a big student population mm-hmm. and you've got low tuition, you can charge a little bit more in and a little bit more in fees and have a pretty good program. Right. So that's great. But like, it's still not worth bragging about saying, Oh look, we spend so much more, our budget's so much bigger. Well, that's, that's largely why we're crushing everybody. Right. 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 Well, that's what you I know? mean. I mean, I don't mean that to imply that like we have a, a shadiness budget or a slush no. fund somewhere. For no, we took advantage free. of things like we, yeah, we I just, it, yeah, it's, you can, it, you can maintain continuity. You can have Corey yes. Heatherman t- become your defensive coordinator instead of potentially taking a head coaching job somewhere because yeah. you can pay him a market, you know, a, a strong offer and that changes everything. You know, like well, everybody talks about like the student fees and the Cox bill. And like, yeah. yes, you need to get down a percentage. You don't need to reduce student fees. You can still have a total cost of attendance. That is very good value. Keep those right. student fees about the same, but get additional revenue streams that would come along with FBS, thereby dropping the percentage from what 88 to and that's, that's my concern. And yeah. Right. It, can is, you do that? And then still, because I think we're operate. tapped out and that's yeah. where Alger and, well, sorry to cut you off, Rob, but no, that's no, where no, Alger no. and Bourne are so mad at the, the CAA right now, like that they yes. don't want to keep saying it, but like, there's no way to solve that equation. You can't do with it. a flow it's sports a, deal correct. and Drexel as your voting yes. you know, compatriot. You just can't solve that because even if you keep the student fee the same, if, if you want to, as you just said, if you can't meet the percentage, then that means you just have to lower the total yeah. overall cost. Right. I correct. mean, there's no like, yeah. And then the student fee isn't a, that big of a, I mean, it just, yeah, that it just gets so, really out of whack. So Jamie has a lot going for it. I think Jamie could jump in and be competitive. I do not think we should count as fans on the expectation that we're going to go and just steamroll everybody no! because of what I just said, because, you know, like right now we have a tremendous spending advantage. We've got a student body advantage. We've got a support advantage. Um, we'd kind of be going up on a little bit more equal footing. I do think, JMU would ultimately find a way to make it work. I think I think it is infinitely more likely that JMU would follow an App State-like path compared to a UConn or a UMass path. I think I JMU think so. is poised for success. Um, the tradition it, is there. And that's what we've yeah. come to learn that the Sun Belt did, whether they did it intentionally or by accident. They'll tell you it was intentional, but they stuck with people who cared about football and tradition and fan bases and rivalries. Instead of markets. Instead yeah. of TV markets. And yeah. Now that's put them in a better position. All I know for me, Rob, you give me a conference with App State and Marshall where we play them every year. Everyone else in the conference is fine with me. Like everyone else would be gravy. Like, yeah. or give me, you know, ODU and Coastal Carolina or whatever. I mean, just, I don't know what the perfect alignment is or where everyone's going to end up from. But all I know is I want to play App State every year. <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, or, or someone like that. I want to have that back in our life the way that the CAA felt for a long time. 
you know. This is going to sound weird, but I want to go to Bridgeforth and see a significant portion of people in the other team's colors. Yeah, like I hate yeah. those two losses. That loss at Bridgeforth to ODU is one of the worst nights I've ever spent. It's there. Terrible. The Saturday you know, night game. But yeah. but that's kind of but the feeling before the game is like I know this that there's something on the line here. And like the people tailgating next to me feel the same way from the other side. You know, and yeah, like, I, I, I want, like I want the visitor section sold out every week. Yes, yes, and we yeah. used to, and and I want to, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, we can go back and look at all that, but that's where I feel like, I mean, if you play, if you go in a conference with Marshall, they're going to bring, they're going to travel to, like, they're going to sell the visitor section out and then yes. some, you know, yeah. like if you go in a conference with, you know, all those teams we're talking, Georgia Southern, they're going to show up. You know, yeah. like I, I, so I don't know where the perfect thing is. I still, we keep saying, we've always said, everyone has said the most sensible thing is that the uh, dregs of the American, the Sun Belt, and the Conference USA get together and f- do something sensibly and, and their presidents and chancellors make it happen instead of the athletics people. But this is college football, so there's not going to be any sense in this. So, like, I just want to end up in the best position for JMU that's possible in the next year, you know? Yeah, and I know I've been kind of the Debbie Downer for years saying, like, AAC is never happening and people need to stop that. Um, because I think that there is, unfortunately, a stigma with FCS. Yeah, if you want the to one position thing with yourself- AAC, now it's not like they're going to lo- they're losing three of their signature programs to the Big 12 now in UCF is leaving Cincinnati's leaving and Houston is leaving. So, you know, no shouts at the, no shots at the rest of the AAC, but it's suddenly not quite as like a big of a gap. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like I, yeah. I've also said for years, like the only way Jamie ever gets in the AAC is if they get decimated to the point where they need to just kind of say like, you know, circle the wagons, let's figure something out and do what's best. Right. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're desperate. It means they could be rational. Like, do you have a point where things get so bad where everybody's like, okay, we need to stop this notion of a P6 or like, just realize like our goal right now as a conference mm-hmm. is to make the best people are going to hate when I say this, but the best second tier conference there is for all of our member institutions. Mm-hmm. The P5 is gone. That mm-hmm. ain't happening. And even these people that move or these schools that move forward, the app States, the Georgia Southerns, they're never getting the freaking PF5. Not now. Yes, he's in, it and ain't there, And really, the P5 itself, there's a there may even be another split within the P5. Split within them, yeah. It, right. It, I mean, I don't know up. if Wake Forest and Washington State are going to be able to still be and around when, when, and when, when yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll you see. Know, the, it's just it's it's a mess right now. But I do think that the, you could have it go where it's like, okay, we need to grasp at straws and try to put together something to be P6 like. Or just say, hey, you know what? This is an opportunity to really figure something out and create a conference that works for all involved. Mm-hmm. And I think people that are smart will realize like JMU has a role in that. JMU is not going to get you right now to immediate national relevancy. We know that. But JMU is going to sit there. JMU is going to be under schedule and they're going to bring fans. And they're going to be of interest. And it's going to be a fun environment that creates mm-hmm. excitement and creates buzz for your conference and sells subscriptions to things that are not flow sports. Right. right. You know? And like there's value in that. And it's a good school. It's not Harvard, but it's not 
a joke. Like it's not the flagship university, but it's a very good school with a growing alumni base and a presence in a lot of big markets and a lot of big areas mm-hmm. um, that have alumni from other schools. Right. You know, like, you know, there are people that feel connection to App State alum. There are people that feel connection to whatever. I mean, right now, Delaware or William Mary, but like right. you can get out there. Like it's a good addition if you want to solidify your conference and make it less susceptible to all these other P5 moves and just say, you know what, whatever the P5 does, we're going to have a conference of like-minded institutions that create really good value and get a lot of excitement week in, week out and our fan base there. And just, it stabilizes things. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way I can present JMU. JMU is not going to put you over the top. Or get your conference to oh, a New Year's Day. They're a big stabilizing factor. They're the big like stabilizing they are, factor. They're, they're very, um, they've handled themselves reasonably well from a financial standpoint. Yeah. They haven't done a lot of like crazy moves here and there. They yeah. haven't chased after everything. No, they're a growing alumni base in, as we all know, a very, you know, one of the more stable areas economically in the country and likely mm-hmm. to remain, you know, if you're betting on, areas to remain economically stable the mid-atlantic's pretty Mid-Atlantic's good good, right yeah so i'm with you um and they bring so much to the table right for a lot of these conferences we're talking about i I don't know enough about the american profile but at least the other ones sunbelt conference usa jamie is probably near the top of them academically so you don't you're not going to be like embarrassed by jamie and if you offer the sports i know they'll have to be stashing of There'll be some funny stuff with certain sports, but depending, you know, if you're Louisiana or Troy and you also care about softball, like, oh, this offers something to us. There's something else here, like that is a big deal, you know. I, so I, I don't know. No. So, like, do you think what would be your if you could choose? Let's say there's three options or your top mm-hmm. three options, and they can be anything like existing conferences, new conferences. Like, how would you rank yours? Your so, top three choices. I, I sort of gave it away earlier, but the two schools I'd love to, well, there's a bunch of schools I'd love to have, mm-hmm. but you know, app is in the Sunbelt Marshall's in conference USA. Yep. So I don't know whether there's a fully new conference that happens. I mean, that probably is the best of all worlds could be right. Like, I mean, yeah, I could sit here and come up with my dream conference and many, and it will have a very old school CAA flair. The mythical East Coast conference. Right, because yeah. there will be East Carolina and Navy and Temple and a bunch of schools that's going to really have a feeling of like the old school CAA. If, the, if that comes into ex, to existence, right. that should be known as like the message board conference because yeah. that has been talked about yeah. on every school and conference's message board since like 2003. Right, but I don't think we're going to be able to like pick the perfect conference. No. So to me, look, I still conference USA just does not seem long for this world. No. And it just doesn't see, it seems too weird. And, and it also doesn't seem, it's not particularly competitive in most sports, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to me, the Sunbelt and the AAC are the two conferences we're talking about now. I think we all have to kind of wait and see what is the AAC. Like once they lose these three programs, like what is their plan? Yeah. You know, it, because they are more far flung in some ways. They are. Um, I, there is a scenario where the Sun Belt. It looks like the Sun Belt's going to add. They were very clear about that last week. They did make a statement saying they were looking to expand and solidify their membership. If the Sun Belt could bring, say, hypothetically, someone like Marshall or Old Dominion over from another conference, to where you 
split yourself into an east-west, that's pretty good. You know, if if we got to play App, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Atlanta Dukes would be happy. Like, you know, that that coastal like that starts to get pretty good, right? I'm like, right there I, with you. I'm right I'm there. Right like, there I, I'm like, I think yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, I do th- like the AAC. You know, you got Memphis, who I, Navy. I mean, there's some ECU. I mean, obviously, there's some really attractive people there, um, and destinations and stuff. But I don't, like you said, I, a I don't know how realistic it remains, and b like, I just don't know how they're gonna what their story is. I, I still feel like that's a bunch of schools who are going to continue angling for better things, not positioning I, themselves for a decade of awesomeness. Or something. Yeah. I don't you know, think like, it's stable. I don't think no, it's stable. Like if I'm temple, I'm sitting there today. Like, okay, what, 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 are we what, doing? what just like, happened? We just lost Cincinnati yeah. and like, that was kind of cool for us. And, and now like, what am I doing? You know, I, I really care about basketball. I didn't, I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. I've never understood. Tulane is in there. I mean, there's fun schools in there. I'm not saying it's not like, but. Yeah. But I've never understood the JMU fans obsession with the AAC. Well, and if I'm the the fact that it's it's P6, like it's like, oh, it's P6, but like it's spread out. I don't know. I don't have a lot of, I don't interact with a lot of people at work from AAC conferences. No. So it's not, there's no like regional appeal. Um, so like I understand have an opportunity to maybe go west. Yes, like the AAC has an opportunity. I think that Sunbelt and Com- and Conference USA do not, which is to if they want Boise, or if they want San Diego State, or if they want North Dakota State. I mean, whoever they can go, Ganesh. They can yeah. go wherever they want to go. I, I don't think there's a regional push in that conference. And if if I'm them, that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot less competition for those schools. Yeah. Um, like so, I understand when people say like, oh, look at what Cincy has done or look at what U- UCF has done. But like that doesn't mean it's a great fit for JMU. And now that this, the conference is being poached, I don't know. It looks really dicey. Mm-hmm. It just looks like it might be. It and that get, might happen to the Sun Belt, right? Louisiana may be the one that they poach to the AAC or something. I don't know, right? I mean, let's kind of see how this shakes out. But I, an East-West, any conference that would really split itself up to an East-West or a North-South division. Uh, absolutely. And then have a conference championship game would be really fun to me, right? Where you're only playing five or six teams that make some semblance of geographic sense Yeah, where you play them in every sport every year. And then maybe you play two or three long trips when you're, you know, softball or volleyball or whatever. I mean, I get it. That's where it gets really... Football's the easy part logistically. It's always the easy yeah. part because you just have eleven games and yep. one they're on Saturday. It's like it's always easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just anything that would get us some combination of all those teams we care about, you know, App State, Old Dominion, East Carolina, Navy, Marshall, um, Georgia Southern, Coastal Carolina. Give me the whoever gives me the most teams of that group, like. That's where I want to be, you yeah. know, and, and even if I have, uh, you know, I hope we don't have to deal with liberty nope. to do that, nope. but I uh, know, nope. nope. right. But, but, you know, like th- those are all, that's, that's where I feel, you know, let me play old dominion and app state and we will sell every seat in that basketball arena every time, right. That yeah. old dominion comes to town. It will be yeah. fun. And every time that app state comes to town for football, it will be awesome. <laughs> like, you know, there were a lot of App State fans there in 08 
Yes. Yeah. In a small stadium, you know. Right. And give me the chance to drive to Huntington to go to Marshall and go to yeah. a game. You know, like, I, yes, by all means. Like, yeah, you know, I would love that. Yeah. Go to Statesboro. Like, let's, I mean, can you imagine what the Atlanta slash Charlotte JMU contingent would be? Like, how excited they would be if we're playing app and Georgia State every year? Yeah. Again? You know, that's terrific. A, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. That's all we got. Um, we went longer than I ever thought we would tonight, Rob. Yeah, well, but, that's, that's what we do. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, look, everybody, I, I think our big thing is I, I, we really do appreciate your position, everyone's positions on these things. It just seems like there's no – I don't think – I just think the choice has changed. And I don't think – Yeah, the, but can I jump in real yeah. quick? Like I, I do think it's – kind of ludicrous the way that people are just categorically categorically denying the fact that people who want to remain FCS have any sort of logic to them. I get that. I'm totally fine with that. It's a choice. There are risks on both ends. It does frustrate me how some people just, just completely discount the fact that others might feel differently and others might seriously really, really love the playoffs in ways that trump everything else that we're talking about. Um, I've been one of those people for a number of years, but I do think times have changed where I would, I'm going to follow this team. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to root on Saturdays no matter what, but things have changed to the point where I, I think I'd be more excited about finding pure institutions and people that could fill the stadium. Even if that meant giving up championship runs, like I don't think it's like a huge, huge check in the negative com- column if you say, Hey, if you move, you're not going to compete for championships. I get that. It's very unlikely that a JMU, if they were to move up, is going to play for a national championship. It's very unlikely that app state or coastal or Cincy or any of these schools that have been knocking on the door are ever going to get a fair chance or a fair shot. That's people that, that say that is a con against moving up. I'll concur that, but that's fine. I, I, I give them that point, but I do think the weekend week out, you know, like, could we have every out of conference game be as exciting or more exciting as this Saturday's? Yeah. You know, yeah. like Weber that's State is a big like. deal. Yeah. Could that, we have that's this a bigger four deal. or five times a year in the regular season? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're just excited about your team week in, week out. And it's almost like bowl games are just kind of not even icing on the cake. It's just something that it, you get afterwards. If you want to get excited about it, go for it. Otherwise, like, a conference championship game, though. That's, I would be up for that. Yes. Like yes. to me, that would be my goal. If Jamie would move one of these things, it, it would no longer be like, oh, can we get a playoff bid? No, no. Yeah, that's great. But can can you, I'd love that. But could you do something? Could you go down to wherever, uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, yeah, or Charlotte, Atlanta yeah. Charlotte, Norfolk? I have no yeah. idea. Get down there, tell with your friends and get very excited. And with pride, yeah. you know, get the t-shirt and say, yeah. we're ex-conference champ. That to me is is every bit as cool as an FCS national championship. Yeah. And I'm somebody who loves the FCS national championship. I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm saying like, you can be excited about multiple things and it doesn't mean one of those things stinks. You're not turning your back Mm -hmm. on JMU's 2004 and 2016 teams. If you say, you know what? I'd be very excited to win an East coast conference championship or a Sunbelt or a CUSA or AAC. You're not dissing these other teams and and players you're just saying hey you know what this is something else to be excited about and something else to be proud of yes 
Oh no, that's and 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 maybe to be on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> like instead of I don't know. I just sorry. Just there's a lot. Yeah. A lot of little things here. So yeah, I, I hope that I was I you know, to the people we interacted with over the weekend and, and last week, I you know, I checked myself a couple times, Rob, and, and tried to rephrase it in a you know, I hope a, a good faith way. Um yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't mean to be disrespectful to people that feel differently about this. I don't know that there's a right answer here. I just think the answer is not, it's not like we get to keep the status quo. There is no status quo. It's, you got to change something. Something's yeah. got to change. And it's either got to be, you move up and take the chance, take the risk and hope that you can grow into it. Or if you stay, I think you got to really look at the way you're spending and the way you're operating on a big picture level. And I don't think that's going to be good for, I don't know if that's going to be good for the fans that want to stay. Right. Uh, You know, and, and not to mention, I don't know. I just, I'm in a house. I get to go to a lot of games, Rob. We're Mm -hmm. very fortunate to have, you know, a place close by JMU where we spend a lot of time. It's easy to get people to go to games, but man, there's, there's a, like this year already, there's a little bit of like, well, let's just wait for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, like, nah, we're going to beat them a zillion to nothing. Like, why are we going, you know, I, that's, I'd love to get, that was never the case back in 04 and 08, you know, like back in the old CAA, yeah. that wasn't really the case. Like you knew every week or most weeks, this, we could lose, you know? Well, that's the other thing. Like yeah. it, the other solution to this would be the rest of the CA stepping up and, and getting yeah. getting better. I just think I, I think the Vorn and Alger put out enough statements now to be like, to we're, like we're we're done with the CAA. Like yeah. I, I don't know if the, I obviously they do not have a life raft out of yeah. the CAA, so they are trying to avoid completely throwing napalm on on the bridge behind them. But yeah, they are they are halfway across the bridge for sure. So, I will yeah. say this if. if if they can't go FBS and it doesn't work out before they just say, Hey, let's reprioritize and cut budget. I would say you go napalm, kill the CAA, at least for kill CAA football yeah, and just form an FCS super conference. That, well, that would be fine too. Cause yeah. that's ultimately, I was telling my friend yesterday about this. Um, yeah. We were talking this through and I said that the biggest problem for JMU in this whole conference discussion is the same problem it's always had, which is, the CAA is is not a real conference. No, it's a half conference. Yeah, and you can't. So just kill it. Kill just CAA kill football. It. Kill it. Just kill yeah. CAA football. I, I actually, I would be, I could get very excited about that. Yeah. Well, me too. It, and stop it, giving this. I mean, the CAA football has given a complete life raft to Richmond, Villanova, yeah. New Hampshire, Maine, kill Stony them. Brook, Albany. Those yeah. schools get to ride on the coattails yeah. of the rest of the conference and they don't do squat except show up every year and go to the playoffs if they're New Hampshire. Yeah. Right. And Richmond and I mean, Maine new makes money in hockey, you know, like uh, Richmond and, and it's that part Richmond and Villanova. I mean, Villanova makes zillions of dollars in basketball. Like our our best, our best competition in CA football has nothing to do with the CA. Correct. None of them care. So just, Forget kill it. the Just football part, right? The and then force the Drexels and the Hosters of the world to actually like decide Commit. how they want what they want for the future yeah. of the conference. Because right now they also get to do the same thing, right? Yeah. Northeastern's up there playing in the bean pot and making money off hockey. Hosters yeah. out there selling out that stadium for lacrosse every week. Yeah, and they don't really care if they 
they certainly don't care about the interests of the football schools. No. <laughs> you know, like, and JMU and Delaware have to sit here and just take it all the time, even yeah. though they're the whole reason the conference exists. Like, yeah. it just, it's not yeah. thing. If, if you can't find a way to make it work, FBS, then kill CAA football and yeah. start a real, start an FCS super conference. Yeah, it's super league. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Rob, we got to an hour, so I'll let you go. Um, good luck with the kids tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll figure this out. Fun. This may be up on Tuesday morning like usual. So uh, looking forward to, I don't know, we'll be texting a lot this week, I'm sure, Rob. Well, we'll see you Tuesday night. We'll be hanging Tuesday out. Yeah. Wolf Trap, looking beautiful weather, some yeah. live music. I got to remember to bring my uh, COVID vaccination card and take it. Oh, yeah. Can we take a photo of it? I'm hoping we take said? a photo. I have a photo in my phone. I think we take a photo. That's okay. what I checked the Wolf Trap website today. So okay, I'm going to do that because cool. I do not want to lose the card. I Actually, that was on my list for tomorrow was – email you and Steve about this. Cause I was like, yeah, I got the email cause I had the tickets or whatever. Yeah. So, okay, I was going to cool. do that too. Be like, Hey yeah. guys, everybody remember your, your cards. So. Well, we'll talk about Italian store orders and stuff like that. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> all, right, all, right. all right. Well, Hey, have a good week, everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed the game last night as much as we did. Oh yeah. And that you all are as excited about the Weber state game. I know it's yeah. no FBS game, but this one is, this is a unique I think for the situation. Real fans, this is more fun than in some ways. Like this we've means talked, something. Uh, yeah. Other than the win over Virginia Tech, yeah. we have talked more on this podcast and on the blog about the 08 App State game, which was FCS, yeah. than any FBS game we've ever, yeah. except for the Virginia Tech game. So this has the potential to be that big of a win mm-hmm. and, and that big of a program kind of defining moment. So yeah. look forward to it, embrace it, and I don't know, hopefully get a big win. Yeah. Go Dukes. See you next week, Rob. See you.
Bye.